The NFC is in a really interesting position right now. Um, never mind the fact that the Eagles and the Niners both lost last week. And I think I feel like we already talked that to death on various podcasts, and I very much enjoyed it. But one thing I think we need to go into detail on, Mark and Jason, is the Detroit Lions, lads. The Detroit Lions. Have I got that topic correct before? I, I've got a whole spell of stuff here, yeah? <laughs> well, I suppose the thought process was really... Who is the heir apparent to the Dallas Cowboys or is there an heir apparent to the Dallas Cowboys? Is that kind of number three team behind Philadelphia and San Francisco? And I suppose I'm a fool because I know in the pair rankings that I have it being the 49ers, the Eagles, the Cowboys, and then the Lions. As like, personally, I don't see that myself. I love the Lions and we'll get into it now. I just think that Cowboys fans, if you put them any lower than the third team, they absolutely lose in the comments. And I'm like, for what, for what it's worth, I'll just leave with them and they can do it. But the Detroit Lions now are definitely in play for the number one seed in the NFC. And it's partly to do with talent. It's partly to do with the schedule. It's a lot of hunger and it's a lot of fight. But they're definitely in this fight. The Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers they probably have those harder schedules, but it's like everyone is kind of paying attention and figuring them out. I'm not saying the Lions are under the radar, but aren't they under the radar? But you you have them eighth in your rankings at the minute, yeah? Yeah, but and that's... I, 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 I watch these with great ease, Mark, every week. I'm putting the Broncos 32nd. I mean, I don't want to say you're in strike two on this channel, but Jesus Christ. Oh, that, that, that is outrageous to think that they're not 32. Like, the Denver Broncos are the worst team to watch, and they have no future compared to, like, what other teams can navigate out of. Like, they're stuck with Sean Payne. They're stuck with Russell Wilson, whereas at least other teams have a bit of hope and can, like, kind of do stuff in the draft and free agency. They have money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But going back to this, it's like, yeah, the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Bills, the Jags, the and then the other NFC teams will be ahead of the Detroit Lions. But, and I, I, I want to let Jason in here because I don't want to be uh, hugging the mic. I have a lot of points to make about why the Detroit Lions are so feisty. But I will say one thing, and it's if Jared Goff wasn't a first overall pick once upon a time and he came into the league like Brock Purdy, I think we'd look at them a lot differently. I think that this is what I'm saying about legacy, that we pay attention too much to what we know about people based on other years. But it's like, if this was Brock Purdy coming in, he should be getting... Jared Goff should be looked at the same level and it's kind of like oh it's it's new and it's fresh and it's we just we we base way too much about of Jared Goff on the LA Rams and I'm just ready to completely forget that ever happened and it's like I'm just in on them now Jason just to jump on that before you come in and just to go on the Lions and we'll move on after you have a wee chat about it and um, you know before they played against the Bucks, like they're they ranked 8th in offensive EPA 10th in defensive EPA they're now sixth in offense, seventh in defense. Their offensive line is dominant. I think they're a top two offensive line through PFF. They're top uh, one now. Top mm-hmm. one. They're t- they're, they went to number one this week, the, oh. the Lions. And it's it's interesting as well because when they went to number one, I was kind of looking at us like I could see the Penny Still pick all over again when behind the scenes they're like jumping up and down. They built that thing really strong. Like when you look at the line now, it's playing really well. But what's his name? Hello, Paluti Viti Vitae is out injured and he can't get back into the team because they're pretty happy with what they have there with Graham Glasgow as a depth piece. And it's like when you're able to just like 
you know, disregard, like their depth is class. And it's kind of like the opposite of what happened, say the Bengals. Like, like that's where they fell apart. Like when you're shedding players to injury and you're still, you're putting guys in there that are able to compete then for the starting job. Like that's a very strong position to be in. And it's like with David uh, Montgomery now, the running back, he's going to miss a few more weeks. Jamar Gibson, or sorry, Jamar Gibbs is coming back into the team again. Like they probably are a bit like the Philadelphia Eagles last year in that out of all the teams that are getting injuries, the overlap for their injuries is really working in their favor, that they're getting healthy anytime they lose a guy, which is, it's complete luck really, but the Eagles rode that to a Super Bowl last year when it came to the injuries. And Jason, just to add on that very quickly, like the Lions are 13 or 3 in their last 16 games. They've won four consecutive games by 14 or more points. It's the longest streak in the league since 1969. The offense obviously is leading what they're doing, but their run defense is second in the league. They're allowing just 3.3 yards per game. It feels like the right time to be a Lions fan, and by God, they've waited for this moment, man. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the defense there because it's the offense that's getting the headlines, and you know, rightly so, because they are playing absolutely brilliant football through the air and on the ground through Dave Montgomery. Um, fun to see Jameson Williams crop up as well with a big touchdown catch last week. They just have a lot of weapons and they're a very fun team to watch overall and you root for the guys. You know, when um, St. Brown was rushing for his uh, his uh, long reception touchdown and uh, Reynolds came in with a just a monstrous block on one of the defensive backs. And you can see that these guys all love playing together and they're playing for each other. Um, there was also a post-game speech with Dan Campbell kind of uh, rallying the team. And like you can just see how it bought in everyone is. The offense and the defense, they're all cheering on each other, almost passing off the plaudits. Um, even the, the punter got a game ball in that um, post-game speech. So even the special teams are pitching in and doing their job. But really, you know, you need a strong defense to make, uh, to become, uh, to, you know, switch from a fun team to watch that can make the playoffs to a team that can get into the playoffs and really make a push for the Super Bowl. The defense, the defense is a crucial part of that. And they weren't ready last year. They were one of the bottom teams in the league in terms of yards per game, points per game, you know, all the, all the normal metrics. But credit to Aaron Glenn. His unit has really improved so far this year. You know, it's early days and, you know, the, the offensive they've faced haven't exactly been stellar by the Chiefs in week one. Um, but they really are looking like a, a much better unit, whether it's Brian Branch at safety, the rookie. Aiden Hutchinson, of course, is going to do his thing along the, along the defensive line. He's um, 4.5 sacks this year so far. So far. Um, and they've made some good re-signings and just, you know, names that aren't exactly star names or you wouldn't hear shouted about week in, week out. But inside linebacker Alex Anzalone saw some great breakdown of him on, on Twitter, uh, what he's doing on at, at inside linebacker to help with that dominant rush defense that they have. Very fun team to watch. I really think they have taken the next step forward um, from last year. A big question mark for me was whether Jared Goff could keep up his play um, because I did have... It's, after people were almost writing him off after the Rams and the Lions acquired him in a trade that seemed like they were doing the Rams a favor by taking Goff off their hands kind of way. So I was still kind of wondering, you know, maybe they've just caught 
you know, somehow uh, an outlier year here. But he's absolutely taken that into this year as well. And he's put his name right up there in the top 10 quarterback in the league conversations. Um, So just, you know, it's a fun team to root for. Dan Campbell is obviously a fun coach to root for. And I think they aren't just a feisty fun team anymore. They're actually going to be soon looked at as a, a powerhouse and a real threat by other teams. Jared Goff like is topping some major ma- metrics like first in deep passes beyond 20 yards third in QBR third in yards per attempt fourth in touchdowns combined for so that's about throwing and ru- running in for them it's like when you mention Jameson Williams getting growing into the offense a m- bit more Jason it's like they already have Amon Ross St. Brown who was there Craig Reynolds obviously showed the like the pure passion that Dan Whit- Campbell has absolutely instilled in the t- team but it's like Sam Laporta being like literally probably one of the, he's the best tight end behind Travis Kelsey right or he might even like based on this year alone be the best in the league it's like what they got him in the second round this year it's like their offense is class when you mentioned Brian Branch he's getting healthy now as well like he's been injured for a couple of weeks like everything seems to be going right for them and when you look at their actual slate they have left the Ravens, the Chargers, the Packers, the Cowboys are the legit teams left. But the Raiders, the Bears twice, the Broncos, the Vikings twice. Given those teams, give them wins in those games that I just mentioned, those easier teams, that brings them up to 11 wins already. So it's like you, you get a win, say, against the Saints here and there, and you're into 12. You, you have one upset along the way against one of those feisty teams, and you're like literally there for the number one seat. Time will tell. Time will tell. Let's let's talk about that Ravens game in, in the last segment, but let's um let's give ourselves a headache, boys. And I'm gonna go first this week. I don't think I had a good week last week. I can't even remember who I picked. I said, yeah, Travis Kelsey's backup. That didn't go well. Sorry, boys. Um I'd like to look at the Broncos against the Packers this week. Um I don't really want to, but you know, you're looking at AJ Dillon because Aaron Jones, at the time of recording, is limited in practice. He has had a bye last week and he's been up and down this season in terms of his production through injury. He's got a bit of a bum hamstring. So I reckon what's going to happen this week is I think AJ Dillon's going to run all over the Denver Broncos. Even if Aaron Jones is like RB1, Balcow, use, use, use by the middle of the third quarter, this is AJ Dillon's day. I think the Packers are going to put one up on the Broncos this week and I think Jordan Love's going to have a hell of a week as well. But on the run game, um, I think AJ Dillon will will let uh, embarrass my Denver Broncos this Sunday that's my headache who have you boys got Dave, um, sorry I was waiting for Jason to go I can joke sorry, go on Jason go on Jason go on Jason um, so there's a bit of a, a sack bowl happening this week with the Washington Commanders going to New York to play the Giants the Commanders have been sacked 34 times league leading and the Giants are just behind them with um, allowing 33 sacks. But the coach I think is going to have the biggest headache is Bobby Johnson, who is the, the Giants offensive line coach, um, because the challenge they have up ahead of them with the, the Washington defensive line uh, is a lot more threatening than, than what the Giants are have an offer. Um, they have the sixth most sacks in the NFL, the commanders do, led by Montez Sweat who's really established himself as just a, a dominant pass rusher at this stage in his career. 4.5 sacks of his own. He burst out in week, the first couple of weeks had three sacks, um, but over the last four weeks, he's had just 1.5. So I think 
I think Montez Sweat is uh, due another big game here. And um, whether it's Tyrod Taylor or Daniel Jones, I don't know, is that confirmed yet? But um, yeah, that, that Giants offensive line is in for a tough challenge against Sweat, Chase Young, you know, the whole shebang on that uh, commander side. So Bobby Jones, the offensive line coach, is going to have his work cut out for him. Funny enough, actually, like the Giants, isn't it worrying that the Giants look better without Daniel Jones? Like, it's wow. not. Like the Bills weren't great on Sunday. You were like they weren't like yeah, because like sometimes last year, and I don't mean to be down on Giants fans, but last year the Giants turned into this media darling where everyone talked about them. Aren't they? Aren't they great? No, they did. No, they year. didn't. Everyone was so sick of them. Everyone was so sick of the Giants last year. Everyone was like, "How are they pulling this one off?" They sneaked into the the playoffs and now I'm getting many respect. Everyone was like, "Well, even Washington would be better than they." And I think Dabo himself is. Oh, it's, 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 almost he exceeded expectations so much in that first year it was going to be impossible to live up to them this year and um, you know that New York media market but Jason when you pay a guy 160 million dollars he's not good enough and it's 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 that's not good enough did you see Dable and McDermott's reaction on just after the game on Sunday night like l- barely even looked at each other yeah and but Dable look- went up to Josh Allen and was like hugging and everything. I was like, "What?" I don't want to make excuses because there's a whole host of things go into it, and I do think you know that uh, questions over that contract as well for Daniel Jones. But as I just said, sacked 33 times, second in the league. His offensive line isn't doing much help for him, and when you're not in that right contextual situation, as we saw with Jared Goff before he's found his home now in Detroit, um, it's easy for all the blame, and that's what they're paid for. That's why all the blame goes on the quarterback. Interesting is this topic for another time, and it, you could talk about it all day. But when you see these quarterbacks who are almost written off um, early in their career and never get that second shot, and then you see a guy like Jared Goff who's having this resurgence, kind of an interesting question to see. Like in another universe, what quarterback, what failure quarterback is sitting on the couch depressed, who could have been that one, you know, could have been a star if he was put in the right situation. But I yeah. think teams look to Car- Carson Wentz when they think about that because there will always be, like, I'm dying to see Sam Darnold now again, but you have to think that the Carson Wentz situation when it's like when he got his second chance, it was awful. It's like, don't ever make me go to a game that has Carson Wentz in it. As well as if we could look at my headache, um, I'm going to look, I think this is, and you can correct me, I think this is the Monday Night Football game. The 49ers are playing the yeah, Vikings. Yeah. Ugh, yuck. Um, You'll I'm, be up. <laughs> Thank God I work early the next morning. I won't have to sit through that one. <laughs> You'll wake up and it'll still be going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. Do you know what? Hey, maybe the the Vikings can pull it off. Um, they obviously now are 2-1 and one in the last three weeks after getting a couple of bogey teams, the Panthers and the Bears. And they obviously went close. They're probably they, got, they only lost to the Chiefs by seven points. But I don't know. Call it surprising or not, they are probably feeling themselves after not giving up I suppose they haven't had a 100-yard receiver go against them the last few weeks, I've noticed. Uh, Tyson Badgent hadn't even heard of him for the Bears until he went and got 84 yards the other day. The week before that, Travis Kelsey, 67 yards. Adam Thielen, the week before that, 76 yards. I think that Brandon Ayuk is going to be an absolute headache for them. It's kind of twofold, obviously, now with the injuries. Maybe or maybe not. They're saying that Christian McCaffrey might be back next week. I don't think that that's 
what's happening, but whatever. Let's see what happens on Monday night. Maybe that's smoke and mirrors, maybe it's not. That uh, Brandon Ayuk, the offense will have to go through him a bit more, especially if Debo Samuel is going to be out. And I kind of think, Jason, back to Byron Murphy, who is now with the Vikings, if if and when the 49ers were coming to town and Byron Murphy was with the Cardinals, if you're saying that we have to rely on him to completely lock down Brandon Ayuk, you wouldn't be looking for the game too much. So I think that he could run all over them. No shot, no shot completely intended on um, Byron Murphy. But if he's matching up with him, I think that Brandon Ayuk, if the offense is being fed through him, he could have a night. Let's uh, look ahead to week seven of the league. I want to first off thank everyone that listens to the podcast and especially give a massive thanks to everybody in Zimbabwe who has been listening to the podcast over the last two weeks. We are now charting in the top sports podcasts in Zimbabwe. So a big welcome to you folks. You're more than welcome and fair play, boys. Fair play. Shout out to Zimbabweans. Uh, the NFL week seven gets underway on Thursday night whenever the Jaguars go to the Saints. But there's some clinkers on Sunday and We'll go into a couple in a few minutes. Uh, Lions are the Ravens. Ravens, Ravens, Ravens don't take a bye week from London. Go straight in. Uh, Raiders at the Bears. The Browns at the Colts. The Bills at the Pats. The Commanders at the Giants. The Falcons at the Bucks. Steelers at the Rams. Cards potentially with a uh, different quarterback at some point. With the Seahawks. Packers at the Broncos. Chargers at the Chiefs. The Dolphins at the Eagles. And the Niners at the Vikings. We're going to talk. Look at this. Uh, Sort of a trio of games this week because if you know we what we do we you know we don't usually go through picks we do that with Jeff on the Friday morning so do listen in folks if you can but I think it's important because market feels like this really is the first time that we've had such a sort of marquee set of games like Lions Ravens in the early window we've got the Chargers against the Chiefs in the late window and then like you're talking about not staying up on Monday night it's very difficult for me to sit here and say I'm not staying up on Sunday night that's a massive game. The 5-1 Dolphins against the 5-1 Eagles in Philadelphia. Kelly Green's open. Uh, Panthers, Bengals, Cowboys, Texans, Jets, Titans are on a bye week. I'll talk about the uh, you know what? I Chargers think and Chiefs in a minute, but go for it. No, I feel like therein lies why the slate looks so good because the Jets, the Texans, the Titans, even though I love the Texans now, but the Jets, Titans, Texans, Panthers... The Bengals who aren't playing amazing right now and the Cowboys are off as well. But I think that le- le- that's why it's like there's not so many bogey teams. A lot of teams are matched up well. But you mentioned the Dolphins-Eagles. Can I have that game? Is anyone drafting that as the, t- the game go for it. the go weekend? For it. Because... Do, you want me to, do you want me to go with Chargers-Chiefs first so you actually get a bit of time to do this? No, or... no, 100%. No, because I love this. So I do love the Sunday slide. But I have to look at Dolphins-Eagles and think, well, could that be a potential Super Bowl matchup so I went to our friends at AA Sport and I saw what are the likelihood that that could be the Super Bowl playoff and it's 23 to 1 which is extremely low when you're looking at other teams it could be a 1000 to 1 to be that this is the team the Eagles yeah. are only behind the 49ers to get, be the NFC representative the Dolphins are only behind the Chiefs and Bills and for me I mean I think that the Dolphins right now are looking better than the Bills and potentially even the, 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 the Chiefs but I think what's extremely interesting for me coming off the week that's just been is that the Dolphins defense on paper at least is set up to defend against Jalen Hurts a bit like the Jets did to him the other day and that's from the back end I mean we talked on the Scale podcast about a play in particular when Jalen Hurts was intercepted towards the end of the game that he just completely read the coverage wrong now I suppose we didn't get into it at the time and I probably should have to be like I'm not a complete idiot now 
the, the, the Jets were baiting, baiting him all game, kind of like looking to bring pressure with the defensive backs. And then they kind of set up towards the end of the game that they're going to show a look that they're going to bring a blitz. And then they dropped back and they bracketed um, Dallas Goddard, the tight end. Sorry, that's my mouse gone, so there'll be no more muting me for the rest of the day, for the rest of the show. But the the Dolphins are a defense that are set up like that, that they'll be showing looks with the defensive backs, and it is going to be a very quick lesson for uh, Jalen Hurts to come around and let's see, let's see what the Jets have, or sorry, the Dolphins have learned off that Jets performance and whether teams are going to be able to learn from it. One of the best to do will be Vic Fangio in only a week, but he'll be able to look at it and let's see can that be reproduced because if there is some more very questionable interceptions from Jalen Hurts. Suddenly there's going to be a serious chink in the Eagles' armor. And this is Sunday football, so what a, what a way to do it. Waiting all day for Sunday night. You're talking about that. What was the odds there again for that Super Bowl? Because it was funny because on the Picks podcast that uh, me and Michaela have on Friday morning, folks, uh, if you want to listen to it, um, it's funny, Mark, because we were like sort of joking, like that would be a great Super Bowl, wouldn't it? Like, yeah, 24 to 1. 24 to 1 for them to make it. And yeah, I... Um, I think it was pretty basic maths that I did. I literally just got the two odds for them to make the Super Bowl. So I don't know if that's technically sound, but I believe that's how betting works, that you just get their two odds and combine them. I don't know if that's the case, but I'll, I'll find out. I think well, I'm, no, I'm pretty sure it is the case. <laughs> it's just that they wouldn't, okay. 888 Sport wouldn't let me do an accumulator because you can't combine the odds on their site. But if you were to be able to combine this, the odds, that's what it would be. So if anyone's like rushing to 888 Sport, our, our lovely sponsor, um, you can't actually put the bet on. I'm just saying that that's the odds that would be there. So sorry okay. for the confusion. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, Jason, I'll look very quickly at this Chargers-Chiefs game before you go into your deep dive on the Ravens. Um, I understand on a Tuesday morning sometimes that people in media can get very angsty and they want to talk about certain things and certain topics. And yes, there were a couple of occasions minimum on Monday Night Football where Herbert just had a couple of poor passes. And look... <laughs> doesn't make him a bad player everyone is up and down days and it's just the reality of the league you're going to play well sometimes you're not going to play well i want to give a shout out for that um asian woman who was a chargers fan in the crowd she's been viral over the last week i love her fan or not fan or not or plant or not i should say yes now has she been paid to be there i don't know but going back i say this every other week these days the night before super bowl the super bowl in la i was in in um Santa Monica and there was a Chargers tailgate taking place so I, I make of that what you will I like the Chargers but I don't know if I like Brandon Staley anymore they're going up against a 5-1 Kansas City Chiefs team and the Chargers have lost 7 games by 3 points or less since last year and you know a lot of people are pinning the inability to actually win a game to Brandon Staley and I don't blame them to be quite frank to you know? but the, 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 look the reality is even if the Chargers lose this game and go to 2-4 and four in the season, Steely is not going to lose his job this side of Christmas. Hell, he might even stay on next year. Let, let's be clear here. But I believe that a strong performance, regardless of the result this week, from Herbert is essential to not just win back the league and certain people around it, but to also get the fans back on board. You know, this, this is the game where the Chargers can either play up, make a statement, stay in it, when you've got like Khalil Mack trying to exploit um, the Chiefs um, sorry, when you've got Khalil Mack and different guys trying to exploit the Chiefs and what they do, when you've got Herbert who can put points up on the board with what he has on, on, on the receiving court and you've got a running game, there's no reason why Herbert cannot find a way 
to actually get it down the field and score as many points as possible. I believe if you can go up against Kansas City, whether it's an Arrowhead or whether it's in LA, and you can put 30 to 33 or 34 points on the board, you've got a hell of a chance. What happened with the Chargers previously in these games is they get so close and they fall. I think this is a week where they get very close and they lose again. Sorry, Chargers fans. Then again, is the game in Arrowhead? I don't know where it is, yeah, but it does seem like... Is, yeah, yeah. Well, then they're not going to win. You know, it's kind of like one of those games that, you know, people say, like, put up or shut up. It seems like it's just put up. It's like you don't have to shut up afterwards, but put up. You can lose this game, but it's that they keep on, like, just but getting across. If they the lose this game, it's over because, like, like, even the Raiders have a better record than them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. I haven't looked into the Chargers' upcoming schedule. Um, look, I've probably been more negative on them than positive, but like, I don't expect them to win. But if you if if they put up thirty points on the Chiefs and it's like a thirty six to thirty three game, am I going to be more impressed than negative on them? It's like, yeah, absolutely. It's like I don't expect them to put up thirty points. That's a massive score. Love it, Jason. Ride us home, man. Ride us home. Um. Yeah. It's a uh, just on that game quickly. It's a. Uh... You know, such a fun quarterback matchup. You can't beat a good quarterback matchup in the NFL. As fun as um, some powerful offenses like the 49ers or maybe even the Dolphins or that, that might be harsh. As fun as they are to watch scheme-wise and put up a million points, you can't beat just a good old-fashioned quarterback battle. Um, Two guys out there making insane throws. But uh, yeah, just for the final game, it really has me questioning whether I'll even watch Red Zone this Sunday or whether I'll just sit through each of these three games uh, in a row because it really is a mouth-watering slate. But Detroit are at Baltimore to begin. I've talked about the Lions. I've talked about the Ravens already in this podcast, but the matchup itself is just such an interesting encounter because they match up to each other very well. The Lions are allowing, Michael, as you said a while ago, um, fewest or second fewest rush yards per game. Um, and that's obviously where the Ravens make their mark, their fifth highest in rush yards per game on offense. So one of them's got a break. On the other side, the Ravens are a fantastic team at defending the pass. They're second in the NFL um, in yards per game for pass yards allowed. And the Detroit Lions really make their name um, passing the ball. They're fourth in pass yards per game on offense. It's just a case of which one is um, going to break on the day. I could almost see a scenario where they counteract each other and the game is either going to be won on the ground for Detroit or through the air for Baltimore. Um, but I wouldn't expect a shootout or anything like that. I think it's just two fantastically even-matched teams. And there's something about these AFC-NFC encounters where you only see them once every four years, like Detroit Lions against Baltimore Ravens. It even just sounds like an odd pairing. Um, so when they do kind of come together and two of the teams are on top form as they are, uh, it's definitely going to be a fun one to watch. And that's the Super Bowl. We're in for a Super Bowl preview because my prediction is the Lions against the Ravens, as I mentioned, that I was pressured into on the first podcast. But it's not looking too bad. So <laughs> Pressured into? It's not looking too bad. Um, yeah, definitely a fun one to watch. And yeah, we've went through each team's in depth now in this podcast, but should be a good one. Bring it on. I'm buzzing to be at home this Sunday. If you are sitting watching the games at home this Sunday, please do reach out to us. NFL Ireland, Instagram, X, 
TikTok primarily, Instagram these days. Do reach out to us. We'd love to see folks your photos if you're at games. Couple of lads and ladies sent us photos this week. We really appreciate that. Keep doing it. Really appreciate it. Mark, have you any words of wisdom to sign us off? Are you just looking forward to sitting in your lava? Sunday night. Sleeping? That's funny. The theaters, the official theaters, Ireland account has been putting up fan photos, but one guy has now appeared three times. It's like, who is this guy that? Uh, it's... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no. Um, I I did have a point that's after. Oh yeah, no, I do want to show that this was recorded more recently than. Uh, or as recent as we do know that Kyler Murray has been nominated to come off the PUP in Buda Baker. How we have not just had a Cardinal-centered podcast is an absolute wonder. I thought we'd sneak it in when we were talking about the team that would uh, challenge the Eagles and the 49ers for that NFC Super Bowl spot. But uh, alas, we're uh, running out of time. So maybe next week, Michael. <laughs> yeah, Ross and the Run's coming on. So we will talk to you soon, boys. Um <laughs> for now two, two weeks out from Frankfurt looking forward to it. thank you all like, obviously thank you Mark thank you Jason just thanks to everybody I'll be back with Connor and Michaela on Sunday night Sunday night actually Monday morning football uh, looking forward to that there and you can catch us up all week on social at NFL Ireland we will chat to you soon it's fun. <laughs>